This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. And I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. This is our sixth special COVID-19 episode, and we're recording this episode via video conferencing as we are all working remotely from our homes during this pandemic. So we apologize in advance again for any issues with the sound quality. We're going to start this episode with a conversation with Heather Rankin, co-owner of Obladi Wine Bar on Barrington Street, and Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Heather will be discussing the ways she's changed her business during the pandemic. Then Paul will update us on the Nova Scotia Business Labor Economic Coalition, of which DHBC is an active member. Plus, Paul will tell us about DHBC's advocacy efforts federally, provincially, and municipally. We'll also talk about what's going on with businesses in downtown Halifax since Nova Scotia has declared a state of emergency on March 22nd. We'll finish with what downtown Halifax businesses are doing virtually to stay connected to the community and with their customers and clients. And this episode is being recorded on Monday, April 20th, so keep that in mind while listening. The pandemic situation is changing rapidly, with new measures and programs affecting businesses implemented by the province almost weekly. To keep up to date, you can visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19 or visit novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge events of the past weekend. There was a mass shooting in Nova Scotia that left so many victims. We want to express our deepest condolences to the family, friends, and colleagues of the victims of this senseless act of violence. We mourn the loss of these innocent lives. Now we will start a discussion with Heather Rankin of Obladi Wine Bar and Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. We have Heather Rankin of Obladi Wine Bar, who has joined us via video conferencing. Heather co-owns Obladi with her brother, Christian Rankin. Back in 2008, they had an idea to create a special place, a small casual bar where people could gather for thoughtful wine, food, and good conversation, and music with smart and engaged, unscripted service. As a result, Obladi opened its doors on Barrington Street in October 2010. We also have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Denton Halifax Business Commission, who will be popping in later on in the conversation. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for joining us for our downtown lowdown today to talk about your business and how it's coping with, evol- with the evolving situation with COVID-19. Um, first of all, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I, I'm pretty good. Staying in touch with other uh, business owners and members of the industry and the community. And uh, yeah, everybody's taking it a little differently. Everybody's feeling different things, but I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good. Good. That's good to hear. Uh, so, Obladi is a very cozy and intimate space. Uh, I wouldn't be way off base in saying that people go there for not only for the wine and food, but for the atmosphere. So, since the COVID-19 reached Nova Scotia, how have you changed your business model uh, while still trying, staying true to your brand? Um, yeah, well, we've obviously shut our doors. Uh, nobody's coming in to drink wine and eat food anymore. But um, so we've developed a weekly delivery service of wine and uh, cheese and charcuterie and other little things, calling them care packages. They're kind of like blind bags or loot bags for grown-ups, uh, and people are really uh, responding to them. So that's great. Um yeah, so what we, we kind of did was go back is to our kind of brand values, I guess, which are sort of around the idea of quality, uh, service, uh, education, and atmosphere. And I think that 
even with this kind of delivery service or care package idea, you can still deliver on your values just in different ways. So on the quality side of things, you can still be sourcing really excellent um, products locally and, and abroad if you need to. Um, on the service side, you can still be providing that just in a different way. You can be on the phones and available for answering questions. You can be answering emails. You can be very engaging on social media like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, education, we're, we're still able to kind of convey that too because in our packages, we're providing product descriptions and background stories on all of the cheeses that we get locally and the wines we bring in. Um, the atmosphere, like obviously we don't have the candle lights and uh, the low lighting and, you know, the nice sort of furniture and the cozy room, but people are able to replicate that at home and, and they are doing that. We're seeing the pictures come up on social media of people like we put a candle in each bag, for example, and they're kind of lighting the candle and they're turning the lights down in their homes. Um, and also you can convey your brand and your, your sort of atmosphere, if you will, uh, via, you know, cute packaging and taking care when you're presenting the package in the bag and things like that. So there are ways to convey your brand, if you will, and your values just in different ways. And that's, that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah, that's great because, you know, some restaurants are just, uh, they're more about the food and um, getting the food to the people. But for you, you know, your business, it's, it's more than that. It's uh, more than just the food. It's the, as you said, the education and the atmosphere. So mm-hmm. that's great. So how has your, your staff been coping with this whole situation and uh, dealing with, you know, the pickup and the deliveries and all that stuff? Yeah, I think the staff, um, like everyone that's going through this situation, and everyone is, everyone is experiencing it in different ways. So um, no no two staff members are are handling it the same and they all have different financial requirements and needs and to be honest they have different interests in what we're doing now right because um we're moving from a very kind of uh people focused uh hospitality uh based environment to what is you know not to make it sound super horrible or anything but you're moving to this kind of wholesale not wholesale a warehouse fulfillment kind of thing where it's assembly line stuff mm-hmm. at the end of the day you're you're trying to get stuff in and you're putting it in a package you're getting orders out and uh still a lot of care uh, great great products and attention to detail but it's not the reason why a lot of these people got into this business in the first place and so what we're doing is, you know, we're keeping those lines of communication open with everyone and we're letting people get involved to the extent that they want to. And not everybody is involved, but they're still kind of paying attention and they're still kind of checking in. Uh, one of our servers, for example, uh, she's a yoga instructor and she's decided just to kind of take some time away from the business and focus on her her yoga and you know that suits her right now. We've got other people who are, you know, rebuilding their homes a little bit and they're, you know, they're fine with the government uh, financial assistance for the moment. And then others still uh, want to be involved in little ways and whether that's driving deliveries or helping with packaging or any of those things. So everybody's being involved in, in different ways. 
Right. And we will be talking about some of the, you know, the government uh, packages and programs. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to learn a little bit more about how you're dealing with, you know, the stresses of working through this pandemic um, and balancing that with home and family life. Yeah, I would say that that is the biggest challenge for me personally. And I think that this is affecting, again, everybody in very unique and personal ways. But for me, that is the biggest challenge without question is, and, and we've just got uh, one child, she is school aged. And um, it's not like having a child and working full time, it's having a child and the child is at your side full time. So it's not like and they're having to do things like um, meet outcomes with uh, homeschooling and learning too. So it's not like they're at school and you get a few hours while they're at school to do your work or they're in dance or music and you can sort of do something while you're waiting for them in the hallway mm-hmm. um, or they're not outside playing with friends. They are in your house next to you on the couch. And because it's a weird time, it's actually for them, it's not the time to be like, uh, short with them or angry with them or, you know, or ignoring them, (laughs) you know, you can't sort of plunk them in front of a video or a movie. Like now is the time, at least for me, where I feel like it's important for me to be present and engaged with, with her. And, um, and when you're trying to essentially rebuild a business and it's full time, that is really difficult. So you end up kind of pulling two shifts, like one during the day with your family And then when the family is taken care of, you start your second shift, which is maybe like eight or nine at night. And then you work as long as you can until you're like, okay, I have to get to bed. And then you're up in the morning to do the same thing. So I would say for me personally, and I'd say many others in my position, um, that's the biggest thing. And my partner, uh, he works full time as well. He's in uh, um, medical procurement and sales, ICU beds specifically and monitors. So he's having a, he's, very busy too. Uh, that is definitely a balancing act um, during this whole uh, public health crisis. Um, yes. So you mentioned some of the uh, provincial uh, p- packages and programs that some of your employees have been accessing. Um, are you accessing any of the federal provincial programs at all? Not at, not as a business, we're not. Okay. No, um, uh, individually we are, uh, but as a business, we haven't applied for anything yet. Okay. Go ahead, Paul. Uh, so it, it, I guess it goes back to not necessarily a government program, but um, but one of the changes. Uh, so very early on, it seems like it was early on in this whole uh, this whole thing. There was a big push to uh, to allow restaurants to start having uh, takeout liquor orders, uh, which is something that that you know wasn't allowed before and probably seemed crazy to the uh, to the Nova Scotia government. And certainly from my perspective, at least, you know, it was almost like you know we started as as restaurants started closing down that this became an issue very quickly and the government seemed to respond very quickly to it yeah. um, and, and actually made that change. How important was that, that change in terms of your business? Oh, crucial. Yeah. Cause we, we do do cooking at Obody, um a little bit. We have a small food program, but it was never really the focus and it was never the reason why people were coming in. We weren't a restaurant. So People uh, came to Obladi for wine first, and then they thought about food, whereas in a restaurant situation, you come for food first, and then you go, oh, maybe we'll take a look at the wine list. So as soon as they opened that up, um, that changed everything for us. 
and it'll be interesting to see too if if this is one of these things you know as we're going through this crisis there's there's changes happening very rapidly and and kind of bureaucratic walls are breaking down in 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 a lot of cases in, in a really great way um and this is maybe one of those examples where it'll be interesting to see whether this is a temporary measure or whether this is a measure that was made for this crisis but in fact because something that's that's permanent which would which would be i think a, a benefit to uh to lots of restaurants so yeah, fingers crossed do- on that i guess yeah, I know the bill was raised, if that's the best the term, suggested, raised, proposed by the Conservatives in October of 2019. And it didn't go anywhere, but I know it's out there and it's kind of circulating and it's, you know, still under consideration. So I'd like to see it stay. And I know in other uh, Canadian provinces, it's it happens and there hasn't been any major problems with that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I hope it stays. So, Heather, um, you know, we're still in this journey uh, through COVID-19. But what uh, lessons have you learned so far and uh, what kind of advice do you have or may have for other businesses? Um, I think for other businesses, my advice would be it's sort of three-pronged. The first one would be to almost sit down and think about your business in this new landscape as if it's permanent and write a business plan, a new business plan for your business. And that sounds like really like a huge undertaking and it sounds exhausting, but it's, it's actually like a mini version of a business plan. And you just want to sketch out on paper what you might be able to do with the resources you have and how you might be able to generate a profit with those resources, how you might make rent, how you might be able to pay staff, how you might be able to hire a few um, interested staff back on to do that. I just think it's a really useful exercise and it seems obvious, but I think a lot of businesses are going, they're, they're of two minds. They're either thinking like, this is temporary and I'm just waiting for things to go back to normal or they're kind of in survival mode and they're just like every day is a new day and they're just sort of figuring out what they're doing on the fly. But I think if you can take a week or so and really sit down and write a business plan to satisfy yourself um, and then act on that, that's, that's my number one suggestion and that's what we did. Um, and to keep it, simple keep your offering simple and then uh, build on that as you see um, sort of mini successes along the way Um, my second bit of advice would be to write a a safety plan which isn't something like in food service it is part of your operation but it's not at the front and center it's just something that you have to do and you follow it but this these are new times and I think it makes everybody feel a little bit more secure people you're asking to come kind of back on and work with you. I think everybody's feeling, I know it changes day to day, but everybody's still feeling a little edgy, even, you know, as we're being told to stay home and your employer is then asking you to come to work, even if it seems safe, it sort of goes against maybe some people's better judgment. So if you can put a really detailed safety plan in place to say how you're going to do this safely, whether that's, um, you know, there's a bin downstairs, you come in, you put your cell phones in the bin, all your coats go in one place and your jackets and your bags, they all go downstairs. Um, we're washing our hands every 15 minutes. Everybody maintains six feet uh, distance. You set up new stations in your place that you didn't have before. So for now, like our 
oh, our room at Obladi looks nothing like it did um, when we're open normally for service. We have no extraneous seating up there. All of the stools and chairs are down in the basement. Anything that's just not uh, suited to your new purpose just needs to be removed. And then you get rid of these extraneous and extra contact surfaces in a way. And you make it safer for people to come in. Um, and then the third thing would just be to, you know, stay in contact with your staff, um, especially if your staff was good and uh, it was really it was working for you and you guys had a good rapport, you had a good thing going, um, because it'll just be even if they're not going to be involved in your day to day new operation, if you are going to build a new operation, um, you'll still feel connected to them and they'll still feel connected to you. Um, and then when it comes time to maybe reopen, similar to the way you were operating before, it becomes much easier. Um, and you don't have to kind of start this whole process of trying to hire again and find new people. Um, and, yeah, and it just it leaves the door open for people if they change their mind. Maybe they don't want to get involved in week two or three, but then they kind of do once it's going and or, or whatever. Right. It seems like in this case, in this situation, the short-term planning has really helped you out in your, your business and will probably help you out even further, you know, when getting back, when we get back to normal. Yeah. Um, and you might find that there are some things that are transferable, uh, uh-huh. hopefully a, a lot of things, and you do, might be able to do things a little bit better or uh, keep things for when you do reopen. So for the point, Paul, you were making, about uh, including or keeping wine and alcohol in deliveries. I can see that I've had a few customers already say they really hope that this service stays. Uh, so that is something we're going to consider if um, uh, alcohol and gaming allow us to keep keep doing this, is to just keep offering it even when we do open our doors to customers again. And always paired with candles. Always. Yeah. Of course. You need the atmosphere. You do. You do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for for your time and, and joining us for Downtown Lowdown today. Um, we wish you all the best with your business. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We were talking to Heather Rankin, co-owner of Ovaldi Wine Bar on Barrington Street. Like many businesses in downtown Halifax, Ovaldi's doors are temporarily closed, but they are still open for business online. Every week they are offering a care package of sommelier selected wines, paired cheese and charcuterie, and fresh bread and olives for pickup or delivery. For more information, visit obladi.ca. We wish Heather and Christian all the best with Obladi during this pandemic. So while we still have Paul on the line, uh, Paul will give us an update on the Nova Scotia Business Labor Economic Coalition, of which DHBC is an active member. Plus, he will tell us about uh, DHBC's advocacy efforts, federally, provincially, and municipally. So go ahead, Paul. Well, thanks, Ivy. Uh, just before we dive into that, it was it was great to hear uh, from Heather Rankin and, and exciting to hear that Obody is has managed to make uh, such great changes to their business platform and uh, and is moving along during this time. It reminded me that, uh, of course, Heather's brother Christian is part of our DHBC board, uh, and I, we probably haven't done a plug uh, about the board, but uh, as, as hopefully most people know, uh, we don't act alone in this. We actually work for a board of directors. It's uh, made up of um, 14 uh, different business people uh, from downtown Halifax, and we typically have a pretty wide range of folks. So we've got landlords on there. We've got restaurateurs and store owners and economic development folks, um, uh, 
uh, times we've had people from the hotel sector and the commercial sector. So uh, it's, it's a good group. But uh, but Christian, who's Heather's brother, is our treasurer. So he's watching the money, and uh, and I'm sure if Heather has any additional feedback for us, uh, we'll hear about that uh, from Christian. But I do want to uh, give a little shout out and thanks to the board who are still oversee the organization and and pretty active and uh, in this crazy time as we try to figure out how to do proper board, uh, board governance. Um, I almost said Gord governance, but of course that's a reference to uh, Gord Whitaker, who's our chair. So the Gord of directors. Anyway, moving on to the uh, NSBLEC. So there was a couple of, of very exciting announcements uh, late last week. Um, and as uh, listeners of these podcasts will know for, uh, for a while, one of the real focus areas that we've had as long as um, our our other um, business improvement district partners across the province and really across the country has been looking at this, what we're calling the the gap in the program, which is really to do with, with retailers and, and ground floor businesses, uh, that there are some supports for those, but uh, in a lot of cases, those supports really were dependent upon uh, tenants taking on additional loans and then taking on additional debt and then having to figure out uh, how to pay that back. So we've been pretty consistent in pushing for the need, you know, to somehow either get cash you know, you know, into the pockets of these business owners or to actually look at um, you know, a way that rent could actually be waived as opposed to deferred. And so there was an exciting announcement um, uh, late last week from the prime minister, which was the Canadian Emergency Commercial Rent Assistance Program, I guess the CSRAP. Um, there's a lot of acronyms out there, but this one, there's not a lot of details on it yet. Uh, but what the prime minister did say was that this it, this new program is really aimed at trying to fill that gap and trying to uh, address issues of trying to encourage uh, waiving rents. Uh, so it's a program that's going to be funded with federal money, but it will be delivered through the province. And I guess that's just because of the legalities of you know commercial tenant and landlord relationships are fall under the purview of the province. So it sounds like it's going to be a fund set up by the federal government, uh, but will be delivered through the province. And that's really all we know at this time, um, other than the fact that it is meant to address this gap. So uh, a good indication there that the federal government is, is hearing what we've been saying um, uh, right across the country and, and is responding to that. So we're just anxiously awaiting more details in terms of how that's going to be administered at the provincial level and, and who will be eligible. Uh, but fingers crossed that uh, a number of those businesses that have reached out, certainly to us, uh, and said that they kind of fall through the cracks of all the programs, uh, will see themselves, um, their, their issues being addressed through that. So that was one. And the other one that, that may be of real benefit is the federal government announced uh, additional funding through their regional development organizations. So for us here in Atlanta, Canada, that would be ACOA. So on the call this morning, ACOA did announce um, as a new fund, I think it's $675 million uh, spread across the country. I'm not sure how much of that will go to ACOA. Uh, and, and ACOA was just kind of getting word that this was happening. And uh, again, more details to come. So maybe by the time um, this podcast airs, um, there'll be more details. But if not, over the course of the next week uh, we'll find out a bit more about what how that how that money will be directed uh, but certainly we'll be advocating to a co to the federal government that uh, again these funds will be a benefit to our, our members in some way so uh, so those are kind of the two uh, in terms of government programs the two amount announcements around that uh, the other piece that I wanted to highlight was uh, the work of, uh, of Halifax Partnership. Uh, we've talked before that uh, the HP has uh, has been tapped by uh, municipal government by uh, by the mayor and council to lead the economic recovery efforts. Uh, so what they're doing is the the partnership was going to do uh, the next version of their five year economic strategy. Uh, that work has all been put on hold, and what they're coming up with is is essentially a one year economic recovery program. Um, as we as we kind of go through this crisis and, and get ourselves out uh, on the other side, um, what we need to focus on is, as businesses and, and government in the city to help uh, kickstart the economy and essentially get us back to the, the good trajectory we were on uh, before this all, all happened. 
And so uh, Halifax Partnership did a presentation to council, kind of got the go-ahead to lead this uh, lead this work. Um, and then Wendy Luther, the CEO, uh, came onto a call with the uh, with the business improvement districts um, uh, in Halifax, just to kind of get our input and feedback. Gave a presentation to us, uh, and we will be working together, uh, really as as part of the you know to really to represent you know obviously the, the business sectors in, in all of our districts, uh, but again that. Uh, really focusing on the main street uh, aspect of economic recovery. So we do, uh, we are hoping for and, and giving input into a into a main street recovery plan uh, that will be part of the official the official city's uh, economic recovery plan. So that's exciting. We'll give some input on that, and we'll um, we'll know a bit more about that over the course of the next coming weeks as well. Uh, and this is what we're hearing from other levels of government is that you know people are starting to turn their attention on you know what are what are the longer term plans uh, beyond just the survival phase that we're in now. What are the the longer term plans to uh, to get us back into uh, prosperity? So uh, that work is happening, and here locally it's happening with the, the partnership, and we'll certainly give some input into that. Paul, we're actually planning a webinar for our members uh, with all three levels of government. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So we've been uh, ongoing, had a working relationship uh, with the other business improvement districts within Halifax. And in fact, with with three other ones uh, across the province as well, with uh, downtown Sydney, downtown Campville and downtown Truro. Um, and so one of the things that we thought about doing was it's been very useful. We've all been on these calls uh, uh, with other business organizations and, and the other orders of government asking questions, getting direct feedback. Um, so we've really enjoyed that opportunity. Uh, but a lot of our members, of course, haven't had that same opportunity to, to talk directly, you know, with their elected representatives. And, and all those those representatives are extremely busy at this time. So we thought it might be worthwhile to put together a webinar, which will open up to all of our memberships. So it's it's. Uh, you know, it's thousands of businesses um, uh, across the province. Hopefully they won't all want to log on because I'm not sure Zoom will handle that uh, that sheer volume of calls. But a webinar that's open to our business members uh, and we'll have representatives from, from both the federal, provincial uh, and a couple of the municipal uh, units as well on there. Uh, and just really uh, allow those representatives to give a little bit of a brief update on, in terms of the programs that they're offering. And then just open it up for questions uh, and comments so that uh, businesses can, can interact directly. Because as much as we, you know, try to carry the message uh, for our members, Members, uh, to those le- levels of government, uh, there's nothing quite like you know hearing about the individual experience of business owners, um, and no two are the same. So, uh, again, in, in terms of trying to identify some of the gaps that exist, um, uh, this is one of the best ways to do it. So, we're looking forward to having that uh, webinar. Hopefully, the technology holds and we can uh, uh, we can host it with uh, with a lot of our members. Um, but we're really looking forward to that. So we're looking forward to uh, to hosting this webinar uh, with our other partners and business districts uh, across the province. The webinar will be taking place on Tuesday, April 28th from 9.30 to 11 o'clock a.m. All the different business improvement districts will be emailing out an invite to all of their members, so uh, including Downtown Halifax Business Commission. So if you're a downtown member, you will receive an invite from, from us directly. Thanks, Paul, for that update. Uh, we were just talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Downtown Halifax Business Commission is committed to providing the latest information to DHBC members to help business through these uncertain times. In response to COVID-19 pandemic, DHBC will be following the directives of the Nova Scotia Health Authority and will be asking businesses in downtown Halifax to do the same. We all have a responsibility to do our part in stopping the spread of the virus. DHBC has three resource pages for businesses and for the public. For the main COVID-19 business resource page, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. For what's open in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open. To find out how businesses are staying connected to the community, customers, and clients, go to downtownhalifax.ca slash connect.
On March 22, 2020, the province of Nova Scotia declared a state of emergency. The Nova Scotia government has extended the state of emergency by two more weeks to May 3rd. Police are authorized to enforce orders under the Protection Act related to self-isolation and social distancing and can issue summary offense tickets to people not adhering to those orders. We just want to reiterate the measures the province will be enforcing. There are to be no gatherings of more than five people. Any workplace or business that is not deemed essential or not already required to be closed can remain open as long as two meters or a six-foot distance can be maintained. Police are authorized to enforce orders under the Health Protection Act. If Nova Scotians and businesses do not practice social distancing and self-isolation, they will face fines of $1,000 for individuals and $7,500 for businesses. Multiple fines can be given each day if an individual or business fails to comply. Police can also enforce offenses under the Emergency Management Act. For example, fines for charging higher than fair market prices for goods and services. To view a list of businesses that are temporarily closed or events that are canceled or postponed, go to downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. View the full notices from the Nova Scotia government. Go to novascotia.ca slash coronavirus slash hashtag alerts. As always, DHBC is asking the public to help support businesses in downtown Halifax if you can, while staying safe and adhering to provincial public health orders by doing the following. Order takeout via phone or online as much as you normally would or more if you're financially able to. Many restaurants are offering discounts on takeout. Actually, the Canadian Restaurant Association launched Takeout Day every Wednesday. Follow hashtag Takeout Day on social media to find out more. Many restaurants are offering free delivery. Uh, purchase gift cards now to use later. Uh, most retailers have an online retail store. Uh, shop online whenever possible. Some retailers are offering free delivery. Some businesses are offering online classes and workshops to remain uh, connected to the community. And Alana will be discussing this in more detail. Again, to view what's open in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open. In terms of parking in HRM, parking fines at meters have been waived and hotspot fees will be set to zero until further notice. Enforcement of hourly spaces and monthly permit parking is suspended until further notice. Safety-related aspects of the Voter Vehicle Act will continue to be enforced. These were just some of the highlights of the changes and new measures that may affect businesses, visitors, or workers in downtown Halifax. I'd also like to take this moment to remind listeners that we are recording this episode on Monday, April 20th. So now Alana will be going into uh, what is new in business in terms of how they are staying connected to the community. I'm just going to give a quick update on what's open in downtown Halifax. We have been updating our webpage, downtownhalifax.ca slash open, that lists what businesses are open and open online for business during the pandemic. We are excited that a few additional restaurants have reopened for takeout and curbside pickup. The legendary hospitality group of restaurants, which include Dirty Nelly's Irish Pub and Toho Tacos and Tequila and Severn Goat Gastro Pub, have opened with a combined menu from all three restaurants for contactless pickup, or you can order for delivery with Uber Eats. They're open Wednesday to Sunday from 4 to 9 p.m., and you can order at orderlhg.com or check out each restaurant on Instagram for more information. Gahan House Nova Center is also open for curbside pickup daily from 4 to 9 p.m. You can order and pay through their website, and they will bring your order out to your car. Their website is gahan.ca. Bishop's Cellar was closed for a bit, but they are back and offering different sommelier-selected curated wine cases each Wednesday with free delivery within Nova Scotia. You can order through their website, which is bishopseller.com. Shivani's Kitchen is offering free delivery for do-it-yourself butter chicken and tikka masala, 
order through their website, which is shivaniskitchen.ca. And Murchie Tandor on Bloor Street is open with reduced hours, and they are offering free delivery within six-kilometer radius of their restaurant on orders above $35 before tax. You can visit them at murchietandor.ca. And as Ivy mentioned, Wednesdays are now takeout day across Canada. This new initiative started last Wednesday as a way to support Canadian restaurants. You can learn more about takeout day by visiting at Canada Takeout on Instagram and following hashtag takeout day. So this Wednesday, visit our What's Open page and order from your favorite local restaurant for delivery or curbside pickup. It's a great way to support restaurants in your area. And again, you can check out the full list of what is open and open online for businesses downtown Halifax at downtownhalifax.ca slash open. If you notice anything that is missing or needs to be updated, let us know by emailing communications at downtownhalifax.ca. And if you're looking to support local business, there are lots of ways to do so without spending money. You can follow your favorite businesses on social media and like, share, or comment on their posts. You can write a positive review for them on review sites. You can give them a shout out on your own social media, and you can refer them to your friends. So there's lots of ways that you can support businesses if you don't have the financial means to do so right now. Next, if you're looking for ways to keep connected and engaged with your downtown Halifax community, many businesses and organizations are offering virtual programming, events, and more to keep you engaged. We have a full list on our website at downtownhalifax.ca slash connect, but here are a few highlights for this week. Venus Envy is now offering online workshops. Their next workshop is Tuesday, April 21st from 7 to 9 p.m. This is a free workshop, but you have to register on their website, which is venusenvy.ca. So when you go to their website, click on Sex Ed on the main menu and then click on Our Workshops. They will have more workshops coming up, so continue to check their website for details. World Tea House has started a tea time on Zoom Tuesdays to Fridays from 1 to 3 p.m. You can log on, have tea with Philip Holmans, who's the owner of World Tea House, and ask questions, share stories, etc. You can visit them on Instagram, which is at World Tea House, for more details. Neptune Theatre presents Off the Leash with Jeremy Webb. This is a Facebook Live interview program that takes place Tuesday to Friday evenings from 8 to 8.30 p.m. You can tune in and watch Jeremy interview special guests about their experiences at Neptune, their careers, and more. You can also take part in the interview by sending in your questions in real time. You can visit their Facebook page at Neptune Theatre for more information. Argyle Fine Art has a new virtual exhibit called Art Mail for Shut-Ins. This is an online show where everything is just $20, and all the works are on paper, so they are easy to send in the mail. Visit them at argylefineart.blogspot.com for more information. And finally, F45 Training Downtown Halifax is live streaming daily workouts. You can DM them on Instagram for more information. That's at F45 underscore training underscore downtown Halifax. For a full list of how to stay connected, check out our page at downtownhalifax.ca slash connect. And finally, if you're a business or organization in downtown Halifax that is offering virtual experiences or programming, let us know by emailing communications at downtownhalifax.ca. And that concludes our special COVID-19 episode recorded on April 20th, 2020. For more information, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.